KBCS Music and Ideas. Kendrick Glover is the founder of Glover Empower Mentoring, or GEM. It's an organization based in Kent, Washington, that focuses on engaging youth and mentors to prevent and reduce delinquency, school truancy, criminal activity, and other high-risk behaviors. Glover speaks with KBCS contributor K.D. Hall about what inspired him to create this program. Kendrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Talk to us a little bit about Kendrick Glover, the man behind Jim. Yes, thank you for having me, giving me an opportunity and a platform to, as I say, speak truth to the truth. My name is Kendrick Glover. I am born and raised in Natchez, Mississippi. I grew up in a single-parent household, with that single-parent being my grandmother. It was not easy growing up in the rural South. I remember this uh, one incident where we were in the grocery store. It was called Natchez Market. My grandmother, she was in the store and she was getting ready to pay for the groceries with food stamp, the paper coupons, right? I was attempting to bag the groceries and the white lady, checkout lady, she was like, flee, flee, you shouldn't be here. And I didn't understand what it was at that point in time. And it was not until we went home that my grandmother explained. She was like, that, that was racist. This is something that you're going to experience as you grow up, and this is how you should deal with it. So we had that talk early. Early on. Uh, yes. Tell us, what did she tell you on how to deal with racism? Well, my grandmother, God rest her soul, she was someone who was an entrepreneur, so she didn't like working for other people. Mm-hmm. So she always wanted to create her own way, which is where I think I got the entrepreneur spirit from. She always like ran nightclubs with my granddad, mm-hmm. and they you know, controlled their own business. It wasn't about someone telling them what to do. It was about them doing what they wanted to do for themselves. So the conversation she's always had with me was don't look for anybody to give you anything. Don't look for handouts. Always make a way for yourself. Be proud of it and make sure that you always do it with honor and dignity and nobody would ever have an opportunity not to respect it. Uh, So that's where I come from a place as a current business owner and designer in my own right and creating opportunities for youth and young adults to say, don't ever let anyone tell you what you can't do. So Kendrick, talk to us a little bit about why diverting youth is so important to you. Where does that come from? It comes from my own personal experience. I bring a lot of life shared moments into the work that I do. When I was growing up in Natchez, I had an opportunity to do a lot of wrong things. It wasn't always easy. As a matter of fact, it was never easy. For me, growing up, I had a lot of negative influences in my life at the time. I was surrounded by gang members, drug dealers, and pimps. Like, that's all I knew. It was just one incident that changed my life forever. Uh, When I was 15 years old, me and two friends who were older than me, one was 18, one was 19, we decided to rob somebody. And at this time, we were in one of the affluent neighborhoods in our city, and basically, it was a setup into where I was going to be the lookout person and watch and make sure that nobody could see what happened. That incident took place, and it cost me severely at the age of 16. I was arrested when I was 15. I turned 16 mm-hmm. while I was incarcerated. I was charged and tried as an adult, and I was sentenced to 10 years in prison. At 15 years at old? At 15 years old. Sentencing a 15-year-old to 10 years in prison at an adult facility. I mean, I went to Parchment Penitentiary. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. It is. And and, and do you mind sharing with us a little bit about what that experience was like? Prison is is not for anyone. It's an unjust, unhumane place to be, especially for a 16-year-old. 
Uh, I was sentenced when I was 15, but, but still, I, when yeah. I, I, was, I went to prison when I was 16, I mean, I spent 10 months in the county jail before it was all said and done. So I had an understanding of, I, I got acclimated yeah. to my new the life system. at that mm-hmm. point in time, right? Uh, some people call it institutionalized because you have to adapt to your environment. I adapted myself to my current environment and I learned how to, I learned how to do jail. Basically, so you learned to jail well. Yes, yes. And, and how, how much time did you end up doing? I ended up doing uh, close to four years. Four years. So sure. I got out when I was twenty years old. The key point to who I am as a person yeah. and how I arrived to this level of success and this status quo that everybody uh, attach attaches me to, it was because of my time in prison. It right. was because one individual and his name is Old School, okay. and this <laughs> this gentleman he took me under his wing when I first walked through the door. I mean, everybody was surprised. I mean, like this was one of the first times that they ever saw a young person being inside of a prison with adults. And I think that God makes no mistakes. So I was placed in that position and I survived it for a reason. And the reason is to give back. And that's why I'm so passionate about uh, giving opportunities and creating opportunities for our youth and young adults is because I know what it's like for everyone to give up on you. I learned a lot and uh, I credit it to old school for always believing in me and telling me to go to school while I was incarcerated. I mean, the last grade I physically completed was the sixth grade. What he told me when I first got in, he was like, never let anybody know how much time you have. Mm. Because when people know how much time you have, they have an opportunity to mess your time up. Uh, So I never told anybody. It's like the crabs in a barrel. Yeah, I never told anybody how much time I had. He's like, so, but I told him, and he was like, well, what you need to do is because you, what we call a short timer, you're going to get out. He was like, I'm never getting out. Because he was a lifer. He's a lifer. Oh, yeah, he had it. So had you a were life, in the same. Sentence. You were in the same. Not only the same facilities. You were in the same rooms mm-hmm. with people that were in prison for life. Yeah. At my, sixteen years old. Yeah, my cellmate was a lifer. If you have life in prison, you really have nothing to look forward That's to. A, yeah. You know, and for this man to really like take me in and guide me and say, "Hey, you need to go to school. You need to look into your case. You need to figure out how to get it expunged when you get out, and you need to take care of yourself because you have something to give to someone else." And I just was, like, amazed that somebody actually talked to me with respect. Like, I was never talked to with respect. Everything right. I, I, I was being spoken to on the outside when I was, before I was incarcerated, it was harsh. It was hard. Uh, old school imparted wisdom on me and instructed me to go to school. So I received my GED from the Mississippi Department of Corrections. <laughs> I mean, I have that GED certificate on my wall in my office right now. Because it reminds me of how far I came. I didn't have a, a proper education, you know, but now I am like 18 months away from receiving my Ph.D. Your story is beyond inspiring. It really is. Talk to us a little bit about Jim and the parts of Jim that was developed hmm. while you were in prison. Hmm. So Jim, Glover Empower Mentoring, it was founded and birthed on the idea of Giving youth and young adults an opportunity to see themselves, like you said, through me. Uh, uh, my mentor, he always tell me, I have to see me in order to be me. And I've never seen anyone in a higher position of power, especially a black man, that I could attach myself to. Anytime I do anything, radio engagements, speaking engagements, I always give credit to two gentlemen who have birthed the 
Kendrick Glover 2.0 version here in Seattle, Washington. And that's Larry Evans and Larry Gossett. Those two gentlemen are so instrumental in who I am right now is because when I was on the campus of Seattle University, after old school instructed me to go to school and get my GED, I also had the opportunity to take what they call the ACT test. So when I was released from prison and I uh, submitted my ACT test to Jackson State University, I was accepted, Mm -hmm. right? So six months after my release, I was accepted into Jackson State University. And I started going to college. It was crazy. So I was attending Jackson State University. It was right before Hurricane Katrina happened that I moved to Seattle, Washington, because they evacuated the campus. And then I got into some trouble while I was down there. And my aunt, she offered me an opportunity to come here. And she was like, hey, you should come to Seattle. When I came to Seattle, I was 23. Mm-hmm. So I did two years at Jackson State after I was released from prison, and then I came here, and I immediately was accepted into Seattle University. Uh, and that's where, now fast forward, how I met Larry Evans and then how I was introduced to Larry Gossett. So at the time, I was the only black kid in my class at Seattle University in 2006. And so what were you studying? I was studying criminal justice. I wanted to be a juvenile attorney. That was my goal. My goal was to... so. I had this plan in my head when I was incarcerated that it was so bad for me that I never wanted another young person to experience what I had to go through. So I wanted to be a change agent. I wanted to create change. Talk to us a little bit more about what were those moments, the people who made the difference for you on your journey. I know you talked about a few different people Mm -hmm. now because we've heard about your grandmother. Mm -hmm. Uh, We heard about old school. Mm -hmm. And we also heard about now the two new gentlemen once Mm -hmm. you moved to Seattle. Um, So like how... Talk a little bit about them and how they helped shape your journey. Yeah, so I was in one of my criminal justice classes at Seattle U, and Larry Evans was a guest speaker. Anybody that's incarcerated, they always learn the law. Like, you always learn, like, because you want to know, how did I get here? And you study it. Like, you look at your case. You look at the the range of time they could have given you. You start learning key words. And, oh, when the prosecutor was saying this about me, that's what he really meant or she really meant. Or when the judge said this about me, that's what he or she really meant. So I had a keen understanding of the criminal justice system. So when Larry Evans came to our classroom and he started talking about King County and the way his politics was ran, I was able to speak knowledgeable about it and he it took him by surprise because not only was I the only black kid in there but I was also smart like when I graduated Seattle University I graduated with a 3.5 like I was not dumb like I had it in me I just didn't have an opportunity to let it out right so uh he then he after the class he invited me to meet his boss which was Larry Gossett and I, at that time, I didn't understand who he was introducing me to because Larry Gossett is a, is a hero in this community. Like for him to be uh, a original Black Panther member, for him to be uh, one of the people to create uh, the Black Student Union at the University of Washington, for him to create the sit-ins at the University of Washington campus, and then for him to be incarcerated uh, in King County for his righteous stand-up and unjust to other human beings, especially people of color. And um, for him just to do all that and then have an opportunity for me to sit down in front of him, I did not take that for granted. Like, I really studied who he was before I went to the meeting, right? So I go to, into this meeting on the 12th floor at the King County Counter Building, and uh, it was like an immediate connection. He just took me under his wings, and he gave me a job. I want to hear about how did Jim form. Yes. In 2009, uh, when the economy crashed, um, 
I was, unfortunately, I had to be let go because the King County Council, they had to cut their budget. And plus, I was graduating. He was like, nope, I'm going to set you up with something different because you have other things to accomplish. So he introduced me to, at that time, uh, the King County Sheriff, which was Sue Rohr. And uh, I appreciate her for even giving me the opportunity to run her first uh, national program, which was called PAL, Police Athletics League. And it was my first time mentoring. So this is how Jim got started, right? And this was a big opportunity. Remember coming from Mississippi, not having a proper education, and then I'm being thrown into this role, and I'm making money. I was making $60,000. I'm like, I just went from $17,000 to $60,000. Like, dude, I was balling. Like, it was crazy. Uh, I ran that program for three years, and then, unfortunately, in 2012, it uh, sunset. And it was at this point when I was in the schools that I decided to change my trajectory. I didn't no longer wanted to be a juvenile attorney because you've got to remember when you're a juvenile attorney, you're catching the kids after they commit the crime. My shift happened for me when I was in those schools and I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to catch these kids before they even get to the system. Like, why would we allow them to get in the system? Because then once they get there, they're going to treat them like they did me and railroad them. And they're going to give them all these harsh penalties and fines and fees. And no, that's not what we should do. So we need to catch them on the front end instead of catching them at the back end. It was at this time that I went back to school in 2010 to get my master's degree in education because I wanted to be a school counselor, because I wanted to work with kids. I didn't want to be a school teacher because as a school teacher, you could only work with 25 to 30 kids in the classroom. I wanted to be able to touch all students. That was my goal. And that's how GM got started. So I was working for PAL. PAL ended. I went into education as an academic counselor, and I wanted to continue doing that mentoring work in the schools. So I was like, how can I do that mentoring work with what I'm doing now? And I just started doing groups. I, I used all the, the learned experiences that I had from my previous background and my previous employer with the King County uh, Sheriff's Department, and uh, I created GM. I was in a community in the city of Kent that uh, lacked opportunities for young people of color to uh, voices to be heard, for them to actually challenge uh, the status quo. Because I, I saw Larry Evans and Larry Gossett challenge the status quo, and I'm like, so if adults can do it, why can't kids? That's Kendrick Glover, founder of Glover Empowerment Mentoring, or GEM, speaking with KBCS contributor K.D. Hall. Jem's summer leadership program gears up for 20 young men and women to go through a five-week curriculum focusing on self-empowerment, self-identity, and cultural self-development this year. This story was edited by Mari McMiniman, Jesse Callahan, and Brittany Stovall.